We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to be talking a lot of pitching tonight on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Closers and starters all coming up next. Happy Sunday evening, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by Fantrax. We appreciate them for the sponsorship. Uh, Jeff Erickson is here with me, as always. I am Scott Jensen. We'll be talking uh, the closer market in 2024, which is kind of a fascinating one. We're talking some starting pitching uh, in the top 150. So uh, starting pitching the first 10 rounds in the 15-teamer. Talk about some intriguing names there, some polarizing names. Uh, Jeff, really quick, give me a rotowire.com slash pod plug. Okay, rotowire.com slash pod. You get your free peek behind the paywall. You get access to all of our articles, our rankings, our player news, our projected starters grid, you name it. Getting ready for draft season and in the season as well, If depending on where we're at. You get two days behind the paywall, no credit card required, and we think you'll like it and you'll want to subscribe. That's worked for us for 20 years, so hopefully you'll keep doing it. Uh, rotowire.com slash pod. That's why I have you do it. You do that so well. Well, thank you. I How's everything with you, Jeff? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I, I I posted the hitting category targets article up on the site this weekend, and I'm going to do the nice. same for pitching soon. Uh, just you know, getting some of the data. I was a I was a year off of my pitching data, so it's taking me a little bit longer to do that. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, you really realize just how much stolen bases have jumped, for instance, yeah. and then like, and yet how it was it doesn't necessarily translate into overall success by dominating the category. Whereas if you dominate ERA, whip, home runs, RBI, you dominate everything else too. So, and so same, you know, lesson that you learn from stolen bases mostly applies to saves too, which we'll be talking about later. We will be. I I feel like this week really like ramped up the baseball uh, draft chatter. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was just football ending or everybody kind of realizing we got a month until uh, drafts in Vegas, a lot of high stakes contests coming up, but I just like my text messages and Twitter, like there's a lot of like stat talk and like breaking down players. And I felt like that really ramped up this. Well, yeah, for sure. And drafts happen too. I mean, scarf and the earth, the series of earth drafts happened over the last two weekends. Uh, And mixed labor was Tuesday night. I did that one. And, you know, we're back on days now. You and I are doing podcasts every Sunday now. Um, It's just the rhythm is happening here. It's, it's great, you know, and I'm excited. Let's hit. Uh, we're gonna have a lot to talk about. We're gonna talk uh, relievers and starters, but uh, real quick, just some news and notes, just some stuff that happened over the weekend. 
Uh, one of the free agents finally signed, and I'm not talking about Garrett Cooper. I'm talking about Cody Bellinger signing with the Cubs. Uh, three years, $80 million. Pretty fascinating deal because he has an opt-out after each of the first two years. So essentially it's a kind of a LeBron James, Kevin Durant, like one year and then, uh, you know, plus two kind of deal you see in the NBA a lot. Uh, Bellinger gets $30 million this year, $30 million next year, then $20 million. Um, it's an interesting deal because if he has another great year, I assume he opts out and tries to get that, you know, nine-digit guaranteed payout. He's right. just kind of okay or bad. Obviously bad he stays, but if he's just kind of okay, he probably takes the $30 million next year too. It's an interesting little setup. I think it kind of works for both sides. Uh, it was a clever workaround. Um, yeah. it, it it gives – it banks in some security for Bellinger. Uh, it, it honestly – I think more teams should be doing things like this. You know, I, I, I think, think I think we may see a couple of these the next uh, week or two with, with some of these names. You know, it, it, I think in old parlance, sometimes it's called a pillow contract. You know, you get the big, big one year, but it's, you know, it's a soft landing. Um, I'm not sure that's why they call it a pillow contract. I don't know the or I just know that's what it's called. I but. heard I heard bridge contract a lot. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's what it does is it doesn't tie either side in but it gives you know palpable upside too uh obviously the team has to really love the player but like blake's and i i can see why pitchers may but not does, want it, does the team much. really have to love the player because it's like worst case it's three years right right and so it's not so bad but i mean you're paying a lot of money paying and, a lot of money but like it's not a you know a six one whatever that you're like oh my gosh if this goes bad year two we're really screwed if this goes bad year two you just you eat a bad year but Right. It, the thing with Ballinger is tough because he had, he was so, di- we talked about him a couple podcasts ago. He was so different last year. He decided, you know, it seemed like he definitely decided to change approach, didn't strike out, didn't hit the balls right. hard. But, you know, as a result, put up some good numbers. Uh, and you just wonder, like, what he has to do if he reverts back, if he does that again this year, what he has to do. Because I'm sure the goal is, you know, while I'm the age I'm at, have one more good year and sign, you know, six for 180 next year and get out of this. And because and guaranteed baseball is all guaranteed money. So, I mean, you want that one big contract. Right, uh, it's a pretty fascinating prove it deal with the with a fallback for Bellinger that if he reverts back to hit a buck ninety five, he's still getting fifty million the next two years after that. Absolutely, and you know it's uh, it's it's also too it's it creates a you know it creates a little bit of uh, a, a kind of a domino effect too. Now, does he play first base or does he play center? And that kind of depends on Pete Crow Armstrong. You know, does yeah. he enough to make the team? Because if he is, he's the best defensive center fielder they have. Does that and that means that Bellinger goes to first, which means Michael Bush is out of the starting job, let alone Matt Mervis. I, I see you, Timothy Tunks, there, free Matt Mervis. I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, but it also, uh, you know, it, it also kind of like screws uh, like Michael Bush, um, and it screws like Mike Talkman, I guess, a, to a lesser extent. And the other guy that everybody's talking about already because it's been one spring training game and he homered twice is Christopher Morell. Again, yep. you know, this is 2.0 Christopher Morell hype. Maybe 2.0 while we're at it, but um, and God, gotta think he's okay for regular at bat still, right? But you're right, it pushes just another spot that it pushes around, right? Uh, it just, yeah, because you know, if a righty comes up, a righty comes up, you're like, oh, you got to play Bush, you got to play, uh, you know, if Pete Armstrong makes the team, then maybe Morel loses. But I, I think that uh, my guess would be that Crow Armstrong probably starts. Yeah, there's a lot of lefties here. Crow Armstrong's lefty, Bush is lefty, yep. uh, Mervis is lefty. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it just. You know, it, it, it kind of crowds out morale and wisdom. I mean, they're kind of, you know, battle, yeah. you know, butting heads for some playing time there. And, and morale is. You know, is a, you, you know if they if Garrett Cooper like makes the team, they're going to play him at DH or some first base and they're against lefties too. So it, it gets complicated pretty yeah. quick. 
Yeah, and Morel's the terrible defender still. So Pat, Nick Madrigal is still part of the picture too. So, it, but you know what? Good teams have depth. You know, yeah. you, know, you want to build. You know, if you're a real life team, you want the redundancy. Yeah. You want these problems. Whereas us in fantasy, we want oh, there's a clear nine guys. You know, you know yeah. maybe ten if you want to do one platoon. We'll allow that for you. But you know, please, you know, give us clear definition. My Reds, our Reds are always saying that. Uh, you know, we're always saying that about them. Like. We want a clear path to playing time for all these guys, but it doesn't exist. That's that's not the way we, you know, the, the way the world works. You just have to kind of trust that talent wills out sometimes. Well, it sounds like Jonathan India suffered a bit of a setback with his plantar fasciitis. He has no games for two weeks, so that that, that question may answer itself here, at least in the early part of the season. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, uh, I although the people he's competing with are, are, are also dealing with that. Matt yeah, McLean sure. has got the. Uh, He's got the oblique injury. Uh, Noelve Marte is going to debut next Saturday in spring training games, apparently. So we'll see. I mean, that's the way it's the projection. They they, they said they're slow playing him a little bit there. So I hope that's correct. Um, it, but It's funny how we talk about there was a glut and all of a sudden there's, there's nobody to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's definitely something that we're going to have to still watch a little bit there. But as far as the Reds go, I mean, there's still the, those issues there. They're still going to exist. India is supposed to be this super, maybe not super sub, but omnibus sort of guy. The Tony Phillips, if you will. Oh, uh, good, good A's reference. Well, good Oakland A's reference when we when we used to be the Oakland A's, but that's yes. a good reference right there. Thank you. I love I love TP. He was he was my, I love that dude. Yeah, and Reds fans love India. The team teammates love him, and he you know his rookie year he was really good, plus eight hundred OPS. Uh, you know I, I you know he he's just been hurt a lot the last two years, and he's hurt now. And unfortunately, plantar fasciitis is something that you just don't wave a wand and say, oh, it's all done now. We're fine. Yeah, you know it's it's always going to be the back of our uh, back of our minds. The uh, the A's have won one World Series in now I guess it's forty nine years, and Tony Phillips was the uh, made the play in the last play of the World Series. Yeah, so we're uh, you and I are one our our our, our teams our A's our Reds yeah. former A's I guess a former our Multi- multiple wins in the seventies and one since right for both yeah. of them. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a similar path. You're right. Um, it is. It is. Um, one other, I had one other point to all this here. Um, oh, on the Reds. So I did draft Marte in the tenth round in labor on Tuesday and Encarnacion Strand at thirteen two. I'm I'm happier with the Encarnacion the CES price, but um, obviously, um, but you no, know, I, I and I think that talent will allow. Well. I mean, Candelario is obviously the fly in the ointment everywhere, but I think there's a way that it works out that three all three of them play. Yeah, I'm 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 warming to Noel. I think you're going to end up liking that pick a lot. I think he's just going to he's just going to force himself into playing a lot. I think it's the really talent's good. just good. I think the talent's just going to win out there. Yeah, I think so too. And I love that he came up and was not overmatched at all when he came up. Twenty percent strikeout rate and 123 plate appearances. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, real quick, a couple of pitchers. Uh, we, I think we may have mentioned one of them last week, but Kodai Senga has the uh, had his PRP injection in his shoulder today. Shut down from throwing for three weeks. So, you know, I, if you look at that, that takes you to like probably late-ish March and then what, six weeks to ramp up, getting some games. Like we're talking best case May 15th he's starting, and I would not bet on that at all. Um, I'm pretty much just crossing him off draft, to be honest with you. In NFBC formats. Yes, in no a seven-man bench, no IL spot. He's I think he's undraftable in a 12-teamer, a 15-teamer. Maybe in those late rounds you could take him with the thought that as long as you can you can drop him if you're gonna get one setback you can drop him you get one thing of bad news I mean the, there's a clearly a non-zero chance he doesn't pitch all year um, 
I think he's a, I think he's a definite no draft in a 12 team or 15 team or maybe late just to kind of hold for some news. If you're drafting right now, you know, maybe get some good news in a month, but uh, I'm afraid this one's uh, not, not going to work out well. I think you're probably right about that one. It, it makes me sad because I was kind of big on him this year. Me but, too. He was uh, good for me last year too. He was really yeah, important. Yeah. Huge, huge K upside. You know, it's funny though. He has not been undrafted in a single NFBC draft yet. Uh, I was looking at, because uh, I, I did it through today, the last three weeks on his ADP, and all 129 drafts he's been taken. Lowest pick is 359. Oh, so one one from the end in a 12-teamer. I bet you there will be some 12-teamers this week he's not get drafted on now that we know uh, we have more of a timetable on it. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and I, I don't disagree with your conclusion, yeah. by the way. And I just, I think in a 12-teamer, like in round you know, 26, 27, 28, you're just passing up good players there, and I'm not, uh, I'm not doing it there. We're in a 15-teamer at pick. 430 like sure if you want to take a shot right now over a you know a backup middle or something like that and see what the news looks like i'm good with that but 12 team i think you're passing up too good of a player at this point for someone that you're going to hold on your bench for two months two months while you wait and like good players break out and the 12 teamers always good players on the waiver wire i think he's just too tough in that format yeah i think you're probably right about that and i also think too that uh you know there's different types of stashes there's prospect stashes there's injury stashes. There's certain types that are, you know, def- defined timetable type of injuries. And then there's arm injuries. Uh, yeah. For- and there's pitcher shoulder injuries, which is like right. really the key. Yes, exactly. And yeah, and shoulder is worse than elbow, which is still pretty darn bad. Yeah. Um, and because, because not only does it is it the time frame, but it also really impacts effectiveness too. Agreed. Um, that's a good segue into Kyle Bradish, who. Yes. Sounds like the, the the progress is positive. If you read some notes, he's playing catch from ninety feet right now. Um, he obviously he had the strain UCL, which he's doing rehab for, resting, and then going to try and uh, try and make do. Do you consider him? I consider him more of a draftable player right now than Senga. I was that was precisely the question I was going to ask you. I'm answering uh, like, questions for you. Ask him, Jeff. It's a, yeah. it's a good sign. Yeah, right I mean, now. I'm I'm preventing you. You're providing seg. We're doing segues. Everything. I mean, you're just like <laughs> spotting dimes, eating onions right now. It's great. There we go. I like it. Um, Bradish has gone undrafted in four drafts, uh, so far, uh, low, low pick is four Oh seven on him, uh, 125 out of 129. So it's, he's still getting taken in almost every single one of them. And in fact, right. he's, and, and, you know, I, I, obviously that ADP ADPs and, you know, I have to go from the date of the, uh, report of the injury to you could do that. And I have, I'm too lazy to do that, but you can do that if you so desire. I just don't want to do that. Uh, but you're going to see that it's really a reserve pick at best. I, I, I won't do it. The one one thing I missed a beat on in labor is taking a, some of those guys uh, because you do have unlimited IL spots and unlimited huge, IL spots. huge difference, obviously. Right. Um, it's actually an advantage because these guys can when they come back, you don't have to fight for them on the waiver wire. Um, so there's some like someone like uh, Ryan Bloomfield drafted and stashed Royce Lewis last year. Obviously, that worked out. He um, hit a, yeah hit a few grand slams late to help that one out. Yeah. Single-handedly changed the the Cubs is I mean the uh, excuse me the Twins is uh, grand uh, bases loaded problem um, just one grand That's slam true. at a time. So there have been twenty two online championship drafts in the last ten days. Okay, Radish been drafted in twenty of those. So that's still pretty pretty thorough in a twelve teamer. That's ADP is two eighty seven. Latest is three fifty five, but two undrafted. So. Uh, there's a 102 in there, so maybe that's a mistake. Or I tried to do it, so there was no. I saw some 70s before, so I knew I was I was going too back too far as we're on the fly here. But it's kind of the right. kind of when it came out. Um, so yeah, he's supposed to get drafted late in drafts. I think that that's an interesting one. And a 12 teamer with Bradish. I think I would do it late because it's one of those things that in a month that might look a lot different. And if it doesn't, 
if you take him to 26 rounds, it's an easy drop anyway. So I think that yeah. like I think you'll just know more in a month where you'll know if he's a hold and a 26 to every pick, and the waiver wire is going to be good enough that you'll be able to pick somebody up. I just think that in a month from now, that news has a possibility to be better than Sango's was. Yeah, I, 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 you're right with that for sure. I had to make a decision today on a score sheet keeper league, AL only, um, and I held on to uh, Bradish. Well, yeah, AL only probably that'd be tough to let that go. Yeah, but it does all. It's you get to keep 13 players plus six prospects in that one there. Um, so it was basically Bradish or Austin Hayes. It was what it came down to, and I I can always redraft Austin Hayes. I figured and. Yeah. If Bradish, and if it doesn't work out, well, crap. Yeah, but I'm also kind of a, on the upswing of a rebuild, anyhow. Um, which had a setback because I also had uh, Wander Franco on that team, and I'm not keeping him. But uh, that I'm was just, that was. Incredible. I'm just not going to comment, Jeff. Yeah, I'm just. I don't want him on my team. You don't have. I mean, I, I don't think we can. Yeah, you don't. You can choose not to comment. That's fine. Yeah, but saying, that's that's a in fantasy baseball wise in a keeper league. That is a horrible loss. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's horrible for the race too. I mean, yeah, there's family. Um, yeah, and for me, like, just talking Senga Bradish, like, I just think shoulders freak me out a little more than the elbow form does. Obviously, the elbow form could blow up too, but man, shoulders mm-hmm. just, oh, ne- shoulders never work out well. No, they do yeah. not. So uh, that's the news and notes. There's a lot of, like, you know, tweaks and guys who had a couple of days. I didn't want to hit many of those. It's February 25th. I don't think we need to worry about any of the, any of the you know, five to seven days kind of stuff uh, quite yet. As we get a couple weeks longer, if those linger, we'll definitely talk about those. But uh, let's get into closers and uh, starters. It's going to be, uh, be, be a fun chat here. First, a note from our sponsors, though, at Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable play- fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Are you coming from another service? Fantrax makes that easy as well. They can import any of your current leagues and customize as needed. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax does that too, offering more customization than any other platform. They have waivers you can tweak, categories you can tweak, scoring system, schedule, whatever you want to do to set up your fantasy league the way you want it. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all for free. Sign up for free today and enter to win an official Major League Baseball signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. So, Jeff, let's go closers. We're going to talk about some names, but I want to talk about just like the general pool first. It's interesting that um, I just uh, I went by uh, – I just did NFBC ADP the last three weeks. I just kind of picked a date. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that moment, there are no uh, no closers going in the top 50. Devin Williams and Edwin Diaz are just outside of the top 50. So a little bit different than we've seen in prior years where there's like a couple uh, – I think we said – Hader and Hendricks maybe in the third round a couple years ago, but there's been a couple guys that sneak into there. I remember drafting Jordan Romano in the fourth round last year. Then closers, if you do 50 to 100, if you start with Devin Williams and and, and Diaz right there, the, right there in the low 50s, there are 10 guys from 50 to 100. So that's a that's a big range when most teams are getting their 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 one guy. Maybe someone gets two, but most teams are getting their one guy. Then 100 to 150, there's eight more. And I'm kind of cheating. There's uh, there's two right outside the top 150. So I'm just gonna go if I go 100 to 155. There's uh, there's ten more in there, so that's twenty closers right there through pick one fifty, and then it totally falls off. There's no closers uh, in ADP going in pick to pick one ninety nine after that. So between right. one fifty five and one ninety nine, there's not a closer on the ADP list. It's it's pretty wild. So that's eighteen in the top one fifty five, which means you know there's going to be you know you think everybody gets one, and then three teams get two. That'll move around a little bit. There's be five teams that have two. A couple teams won't have one yet. Um, but it seems like there's uh you got to get one in the top 10 rounds for sure. Yeah, it, it you do. And 
I want to get one towards the back half of the of the top at the first 10 rounds is the way I've been trying to do that so far. Um, I, I, I don't want to be setting the market on closers. I, I, I don't think that's such a great strategy. I mean, I think you look, I think we've talked about it year and year, you're in and you're out. Yes. It's great to have your guy, but it's also the cost of acquiring closers for the impact they have on the all, all around standings. It's not worth it. It never is. If you use any sort of valuation system, it's not, you're not going to get return on value. Uh, you might get the points that you need. You might have that comfort and not spending in fab. I get the back. I get why people do it. I just don't think it's a good play. And I definitely don't think it's a good play to get two. Yeah. I it top. I definitely wouldn't go two in the top 100, maybe two in the top 150. If you know, it's kind of right. fell right. My theory is either go with what you said and kind of get one of those, those, yeah, I think it's eight guys. I guess it's ten guys that go between 100 and 150. Get mm-hmm. one of those, unless I can go fifth round and get uh, Classe, Yohan Duran, or Camilo Duval. I like all those in the fifth round. Their ADPs right now are 63, 65, and 69. I don't like the tier after them that goes like sixth, seventh round. I don't think I want to go uh, a fourth round closer. If I get one of those three in the fifth round, I'll do it. Otherwise, I'm going to kind of jump down to back to round eight or nine and kind of drop drop one of those uh, 100 to 150 guys. Yeah, that's that's where I've been landing. Is I I have a lot of Paul Seawald so far, for instance. I have some Alexis Diaz. I don't mind getting Pete Fairbanks, although I, it's a little shit scary leaving him on uh, on an island as your as your as your sole first t- top ten round closer. It's a little tougher doing that, but that's why he goes there. Yeah. Um, is, is for those reasons. Same thing with Evan Phillips. Same thing with Andres Munoz. But Seawald, I, I feel pretty comfortable that he's my guy there. I I, I don't feel too bad about his job security. Whereas the others, maybe it's a little shakier. Um, they has- all after I, even in the top ones, but they all have, they all have warts. So like I can argue against. Of course, them. I can argue against any of them, which is kind of wild. How few of them don't have warts, and even like you know Edwin Diaz missed all last season. Like I, I, think I know, I think he'll be great, but like there's a there's a giant butt in that if you take him in the in the fourth round. Yeah, and he's on average right now barely ahead of Devin Williams as the yep. first closer taken sight unseen, basically leap of faith, but. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, you know, and I, I can, I, I could acknowledge that I'm going to be wrong, but I also think that I, I don't think that's the way I want to build my team. Uh, give me, I'll, let me give you a little other background here. So I'm working on my closers article, right? I mean, oh, not nice. closers article, but my pitching categories, target article. Um, not my closers article. I don't do that. Ryan roof does that good stuff. Check that out on rotowire.com slash pod. I did uh, that early today, Jeff, as I was working on this smart guy, you are, yeah. um, in 2021, you needed 70 saves to get to the 80th percentile, but in previous years it was a lot higher. Since then, yeah, I remember. I remember, it, like mid 80s was always my target for many years. Right, and it's yeah. stabilized. In fact, last year was slightly higher, 73 last year for the 80th percentile. But still, I mean, it, it's you. You really need two closers, basically. Um, it used to be you needed three or two and a half, and. Yeah. Now uh, you need a little less than that. I feel like even 50th percentile, which a lot of people were fine with, you know, you needed 58. I mean, that, that's, oh, that's, uh, a, I was going to ask you what that number was. That's uh, you can piece your way to 58. If you have one guy, you can piece together to 58 pretty not easily, but you could do it. You could do it's it. It's attainable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about specific names, all, all the guys in that range uh, in here in a second, but just to kind of the general, uh, you know, I mentioned there's a big gap. Then you have Jose Alvarado at 199. And you got 22 more picks down to Alex Lang. So there's just, it's a dead zone. Like 150 to 220, there's, or there's 155 to 220, there's one closer in there. So like, 
it's just really weird. And you know, as we get to the main event season, 12 draft, you know, 12 team online championship, you know that gap's gonna get smaller because people are gonna, gonna be a couple of people that don't have a closer after one for that. They're gonna push Alvarado or Lang up two, three rounds. Like you just know that's coming. You know that's gonna happen because there's gonna be a couple teams that are panicking and they're gonna have to make sure that you know they don't want uh, someone to take Alvarado as their second guy before they get their first. So you know those guys will move up a little bit. But I want to ask you about some open-ish situations too. There are a lot of teams where we don't know who their closer is. Um, the World Series champions, you know, the Rangers, like we think it's Jose Leclerc. His ADP is 225, but David mm-hmm. Robertson's there. Uh, the Angels signed Robert Stevenson. He's actually a higher ADP than um, than Estevez, who was the closer last year and has been already said in his spring training that he's like the, he's the established incumbent guy and he, right. he's going to get the first shot. Um, Stevenson's ADP is 245, Estevez 282. So just tells you what people think. Stevenson's obviously a really, that, really good pitcher. And that tracks how it's gone in my drafts too, by the way. Um, it's definitely been Stevenson before Estevez. In some cases, Estevez drops really low, which I think is noteworthy. He dropped really low last year too, by the way, Scott, because he was terrible in spring training. Terrible. What do you have? Terrible. He had 30-something saves, right? Yeah. I mean, he he was like one of those gr- huge scores for people there. Because, the, But again, the price was right. That, that's right. the whole thing. Like, if it doesn't work out, you get him in round 21, okay, cut him. Yeah, it's fine. But if you spend a round 15 pick on a guy and he doesn't get it, it's like, yeah. if you spend a round 12 pick on a guy and he doesn't do it, now it's a real disaster. And Stevenson's around 16 guy right now. So that is a, that's a starter. That's a good player. That's a, your fifth, sixth pitcher. That's your right. middle infielder. That's your fourth outfielder. Um, he's got to save some games. I mean, I know his, his K to walk last year was, was over 30% K minus walk, which is, an insane number. His K rate was 38.3% last year. I think he was incredibly good, but if you're dropping the 16th round, he's got to get some saves. He doesn't have to be the full guy and get 40 saves, but he's got to get some saves for that to work. Yeah. It's amazing that Stevenson and Jeff Hoffman are former Reds that just blossomed in other organizations. But uh, yeah, anyways, that's moving on beyond that. It's not like the Reds were the only ones that whiffed on trying to develop Stevenson. The Rockies did. Right. Um, you know, and then uh, the Pirates did as Hoffman, well. Pirates Hoffman was on the Rockies too, right? What's that? Hoffman was Ho- on the Rockies too, right? Yep. Absolutely. Wow. So the Reds and Rockies both had Stevenson and Hoffman. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's really bad. It's really bad. Other situations. uh, San Diego is, is, is open. I mean, that's a team that I I know they've lost a lot, but like you look at their win total, it's about 500. So that's some wins there. Uh, Robert Suarez, ADP is 258. Uh, Yuki Matsui is 327. There was a lot of uh, Yuki Matsui uh, uh, gifts on uh, on Twitter over the weekend. He had a really good uh, first outing. Uh, yeah, I always love the February uh, gifts of uh, pitchers. It cracks me up. Kansas City's wide open. You know they're trying to win a little bit. Will Smith has been signed there. You got John Schreiber, James MacArthur. Like I don't think we know what's going on there. Washington has Kyle Finnegan, ADP 274. Hunter Harvey 331. We'll get to Hunter Harvey here in a bit. Uh, big target for me if he gets anywhere near pick 331. Yeah, I'm I'm a little annoyed at Kansas City because MacArthur was my sneaky guy. Got him, uh, again, I, I was bidding heavy on him in XFL. Didn't get him, but I, I was forcing Doug Dennis to pay for him a little bit at least. Um, I, I've gotten him in a couple of drafts so far, and now they've added Will Smith. They've added Schreiber. I'm like, okay, they're not, you know, that, that, that shriveled up. I'm still taking MacArthur, by the way. I'm just taking him a lot later now. I assume that the door opens on opening day. They have a lead. It's Will Smith for the first save. I don't assume anything there. I mean, I if you had to guess, though, like that would be your first guess. Probably depends on matchups is what you're going to say. Maybe. I mean, Will Smith could just get torched in spring training. He was actively bad at the end of the year last year. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't think he deserves that incumbency benefit, but then again, he is a proven deserves. Leader. I would agree. I still think he gets it. Deserve ain't got nothing to do with it. Yep. All right. Three other teams that are wide open. There's a lot of teams that are wide open. Uh, the Rockies are open. Uh, Trevor Kinley and Justin Lawrence. Um, you know, kind of who? Good luck there. He's still White- making heart. Yeah, White Sox is wide open too. We got John Brebia, who's a little banged up. Uh, Prelander Baroa, who has the best potential closer and waiting name. It's a great name. Uh, Garrett Crochet is there. Oh, someone else just mentioned Prelander Baroa in the in the in the chat. Uh, Garrett Crochet is obviously there. He was uh, he was really nasty before he got hurt. I remember he got mm-hmm. hurt. I think in that playoff, the COVID playoff against the A's, and the, that game was over. He was not going to give up a run. And he got hurt. The only reason the A's ended up coming back to win that game. And then speaking of the A's, Oakland is wide open too. I know there's a lot of Mason Miller buzz and moving him to moving into reliever at least probably gets the first shot, but like he's thrown no innings pretty much throughout his career, like anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I know no is an exaggeration, but he's very thrown very few innings, very injury prone. Um, he's going to be the, the buzzy guy there if you take an open closer, but man, that situation's wide open too. Absolutely. That's what, what is that? One, two, three, four, five. That's eight teams I listed out there that we don't know who the closer is. That's a lot. That's, that's what's that? A third, 28% of the league, something like that. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, you know, you mentioned like the Padres, the Yuki Matsui struck out the side against the Dodgers and then he got scratched on Saturday. It's like, uh, you know, it's just like, uh, can't we have nice things? Can we just, just for a second, you know, at least, but, uh, they have, it's a three headed monster in San Diego too. That, but that's one I'm going to watch. Cause I think all three of those guys are super talented. Yeah. There's just uh, and, and some of these situations will be kind of mix and match and, and committee all year, but a couple of them will be guys. We'll have guys that end up sustaining themselves and becoming the guy. And those are mm-hmm. the ones, uh, those are the ones you mentioned Estevez last year. You, I, I know he struggled late, but if you took Estevez and got those saves, that was a huge win. Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. And, uh, yeah, I mean that that's all we're trying for. Um the problem is though like when you draft those guys that the the the, the guys behind the shaky guys and they don't get the job, how long can you hold out? How long are you going to hold them? And that's why like strategy I always, I always hold too long is the answer to that question. It's a mistake. I Absolutely. always I always hold a couple weeks too long. It's just it's a roster spot and you miss someone especially this first early weeks, you're picking up breakout guys, you're picking up guys who are getting playing time, you're picking up pitchers who threw well. You can't miss out on those guys cuz you're holding Ronaldo Lopez on your bench. That's a, that's a good name. I, I don't I don't I don't know who would have done that last year, but maybe that's a good example. That <laughs> was a, it sounded very specific, but yeah. uh, I'm a, I've got I had I was doing the same thing with Scott. Turn your head and McCuff, but uh, you know. Oh God, I had a lot of I had a lot of him too. Oh, way too long because he even got there was the there was a too. moment there was a moment there where like this is be this is a great pick. He's going to be the guy and just it's it's good. Yeah, um, didn't last didn't last long. Yeah, it didn't last long. Um, you know. I, I think it's it's going to be uh, tricky, and we got some uh, Cubs chatter in there as well. So we'll we'll talk about that too, as with Alzale. When we have that on our list of players to talk about, I think yeah. so. Let's uh, let's talk about some players. I think we kind of hit Edwin Diaz already, but mm-hmm. um, do you? I mean, how do you feel? Are you pretty secure that like it sounded like he could have pitched in the last year? I mean, it's so long that it's, you guys think it's okay. He's coming off fifty percent K rate, but he hasn't pitched in a year. Like that has to be a factor. You would think so. Um, it's not an arm issue. That's the good thing. Huge. Uh, he had no issues after throwing a bullpen session when he first started throwing says he's ready to go. This was like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. So, you know, so far so good. I mean, I, I think if he's, if he's firing at the same velocity in spring training, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be there. And it's just, the problem is there, 
it, it'll probably go up, especially when you start talking main event. You know that the inflation is going to kick in at some point yeah. in time. Um, so I'm probably not going to be there for him, even though I think he's probably legit really good. I'm just, I just don't want to be the guy that takes the first couple of closers. Yeah, I, you, just, I, you can see some command issues early too. I mean, I think he'll be really good, but I'm probably not doing it at that price either. But where do you come in on Emmanuel Classe? Uh, a lot of saves last year, but he definitely was not the, not as elite of a pitcher. You know, he was under a two ERA and a one WHIP for the two years prior. Last year, he was three two two one one six strikeout rate. Uh, I don't think crashed is an exaggeration. Twenty eight percent to twenty one percent is a pretty big drop for someone that is uh, you know considered one of the dominant closers. His walks were up a little bit. Swing strikeout rate fell over 3% down to 13.4. Uh, he was still really good, but there it was definitely not the dominant guy we saw the two years before. They still had 44 saves. Um, you know, fastball still 99 miles an hour did fall down a, a little bit. But uh, where do you feel like, where do you fall on class A? I, used, I still think he'll be really good, but uh, there are some concerns from last year. There are. Uh, and a new manager too this year. We, you know, so does Steven vote? change how he uses his bullpen at all uh, or is it's like the institutional memory of class a getting every save is that going to continue because he essentially got every save chance you know yeah. except for maybe a few times when he wasn't available T- whopping 12 blown saves last year 12 that's that's a lot of blown saves scott it was a lot of blown saves i remember i remember them for sure it just it, it felt like he had oh. a couple stretches that we couldn't just could not convert them but uh, yeah, I mean, his whiff rate fell on a slider over 10% too. Uh, I'm afraid of, of him. I'm uh, I'm actually not. I think that uh, the price dropping a couple rounds from last year, um, he was still the, – the, the managerial change is the one thing, as you said, that kind of freaks me out a little bit because I – if he just pitches like he did last year and gets every save chance, I'm in for that. Like that, I can deal with a, a few blown saves and some hiccups there. But, yeah, the, the manager change worries me. But I uh, I still like him in the fifth round. Someone might be willing to take him in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, still, despite all this, like he still only walked, uh, 16 guys last year and that that's nice, but I don't know, dude. I mean, it, it, it's more that, I mean, he just got hit a little, he got, it's almost like, was this a Babbitt correction? Was it a stuff correction? Like you talked about the command issues and a lot fewer. Babbitt was up, Babbitt was up 70 points. It was, uh, it was really low the year before barrel is still good. It was still 5%. So, you know, and ground ball was still really good. He went down, but he's still 55% ground ball guy. Uh, I think there's enough here. Like swing strike rate at 13.5%. I know it was down. Still a really good number. Uh, you know, not that, not elite for a closer. We'll see some bigger numbers we talk about, guys. But uh, I think he's still going to be really good. Maybe not elite, elite, but I think he's going to be really good. And where he goes in the draft, uh, you know, around and a half after some of those guys, uh, I'm, I'm willing to jump in. Yeah, okay. Well, that, that could work for you. Um, it could. I don't know, man. You know, he gave up a ton of unearned runs too. Um, in the past, I I blame his fielders for all his problems. Though. Yeah, I do too. I, I <laughs> and I blame you a little. Um, yeah, I'll take that. some blame. Yeah, go for it there. But oh, I, I I'm gonna downgrade him just a little bit. Actually, right. I'm a little less comfortable with him than I thought I would be. All right, but that's Fair why enough. we talk through these guys, right? Yeah, and I like when we don't agree on uh, on players too. That's uh, that's good. Makes but then makes again, if he's a top five closer, I'm not probably getting a top five closer. So yeah. that 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 also works. Let's jump down to that uh, the next tier, and here's a couple guys I want to talk about in the in the ADP of the 80s. So you're talking a, a six middle six round, late six round pick. The first is Jordan Romano, who was utterly elite the first half and anything but the second half. He had a 14% walk rate in the second half, one four ER a whip in the second half. 
you probably remember, I think he got hurt like during the all-star game. Like he was about yep. to pitch and like it was, maybe he was just never the same. He was never healthy again. Um, you know, the K rate was still great over the course of the season, as was the swing strike rate, 17%. Uh, ground balls fell a little bit, uh, but it was just, you know, home runs were an issue. Fastball was still consistent, but it's just the command in the second half was really rough. And he's a guy who gives up a lot of fly balls. So you don't want, uh, that's a really bad combo, obviously walks mm-hmm. and then fly balls. Like that, you know, bad stuff happens there. Um, you know, he's uh, he's really low. You look at stat cast, everything's really good except for the walks and the ground balls. Um, how much do you trust that the second half was just injury related? Do you think there's a problem here? ADP is 83, which bakes in the risk because last year he it was in the, in the 50s. He was, uh, I took him in the fourth round around at ADP last year. So that's the only reason I remember where he was. So it's yep. 30 picks down, but you know, obviously there's some issues, but is 30 picks enough for you to take a jump, take a jump here? Yeah, I think so. I think it is. I mean, it's a back issue, which are tricky because they do recur. Um, yep. At the same time, I, as long as it's not, it's a lower back injury. It's not an upper back, so it's not shoulder. That's the one thing I was yeah. kind of worried about. The velocity didn't drop either. That's nope. the other thing I like about it. So I'll probably go back to the well here. And the other guy in here that uh, is kind of lines up very well with Romano is Alexis Diaz, who had a really rough second half. Also, his second half was a mess. Uh, you know well as a Reds fan, four mm-hmm. six ERA, five two seven FIP. Strikeout rate was down at seventeen percent in the first half and second round. Thirty seven percent in the first half, utterly elite. Twenty percent in the second half. You know, uh, not a horrible number, but not a uh, pretty bad number for a closer. Walks were up to fourteen percent in the second half. He was just bad in the second half. There are a lot of things see, that uh, that did not go well. Fastball velocity was down a little bit. Um, you're the Reds fan. Do you think he tired? He obviously they used him yes. a ton. Um, what, what do you feel about his second half? Because he was really rough down the stretch. Um, it was the last month also. I think that's worth noting. It wasn't like the entire second half was really bad. It was so after September 15th against the Mets, he had an outing where he went an inning in two thirds. At that point in time, his ratios were 210 and 103. He ended at 307, 119. After so, if you think about that, there in the comp- in the course of five outings, uh, and his he, next two outings were an inning total, and they gave up seven earned runs. Yeah, he had a twenty-four ERA in his last five outings, and that just tanked his his ratios. He was fine before that. I think he just wore down, okay. um, and I think that it was just because the Reds were just they were sucking for air. They were just hoping, you know, you know, hoping to hang on for dear life because they were just gassed. Their whole bullpen was just. You know, bullpen, the rotation. Well, this the thing is their starters were going three, four innings at a time, and they and they were just running out of people they trusted too. Um, they they didn't add at the deadline except for Sam Mall. Um it was fine, by the way. Yeah. Um, but when Ily, Ily 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 he, was a, he was a he was a former A. Yep. Yep. And I now the question is, did they do it? Was there any lasting damage done? I, I don't think there was. I I will say too, though, that this year. There's there's a little bit more help in that Reds bullpen. Uh, they they did go out and get Emilio Pagan, although of course he's he's banged up to start spring training. This is never great. Uh, they they added Brent Suter, who I think is sneakily going to add a lot of innings, which is something that will really help there. Uh, the thing with by the way with Pagan is he's recovering from sports hernia surgery. It's not an arm issue there. Uh, I think Nick Martinez is going to be like a hybrid starter reliever type. Point is, I think they're going and they have TJ Antone back, and he's a sneaky guy. I'm going to get excited about so. I, is, I he, think, uh, is he ready to go start? When, when, is, he, when is he back? I, he said no nasty. restrictions in spring oh, training. So, he's fun to watch. I remember a couple oh. of years ago we were talking about him maybe closing. He's fun to watch. Did you know TJ Antone's 30, though? Oh, I, I wouldn't know. have guessed that. I would have guessed 27. Yeah. Uh, he, he got a little bit of a late 
you know, a late, he was a bit of a late bloomer. Uh, didn't make the majors until he was 26. Uh, so that, that'll do it. And then he lost an entire year last year too. So, uh, almost two years, he didn't pitch at all in 2022 and he barely pitched last year. So yeah, Yeah, I'm excited about him at full capacity though. I think he could be really good. Jumping down a, a, another round, round and a half. We've got a, a chunk of guys kind of in the 100 to 120 range. Just a few guys I wanted to mention and talk about. Uh, we've got Paul Seawald, 104. We got Andres Munoz, his replacement essentially in Seattle when he got traded, 114. You mentioned earlier Pete Fairbanks about 116 ADP, then Evan Phillips at 121. Um, in this range, it sounds like you are a uh, you're a Seawald guy, but uh, who else do you like in this range? I mean, I. I- I, I I'm a little aware of Munoz for two reasons. One, the durability and two, the manager. Uh, I, I worry a little bit about the usage there in Seattle. They do have alternatives. They, and you have a, you know, they, they're kind of like the, uh, the, the rays have been in the past too, where they, they'll use multiple people, including last year, even after the seawall trade, Matt Brash got saves Now Brash is banged up. They added Gregory Santos. He's out right now, but you know, that, that's something to watch for there too. It could be a case there where it's only Munoz is healthy, which is kind of scary, but uh, Santos is coming back from a lat and Brash has arm issues. So they may not have too many obvious guys. And in fact, they traded away some of their bullpen depth with, in the, with Minnesota in the Polanco trade too. They traded away uh, Justin Topa, who was actually really good last year. So maybe I should be more optimistic about Munoz. I don't know. Maybe just, but I, I, I do worry about his own durability a little bit there. I worry about the Derby a little bit too, but I do uh, I do like Munoz because I think, you think he's one of those guys that could be a, a dominant type of guy. I mean, he was dominant in 2022. 38% strikeout rate, mm-hmm. 6% walk rate. The walks were back up last year to 10%. That's kind of the key for me. If he can like even split the difference on those, just give me like a 7.5% walk rate you know, with the, the K rate over 30%. I think he could be really good. The Mariners yeah. should be a uh, above 500 team, You know, exciting young team. Uh, I like him. I like the ground balls too. He's a 59% ground ball guy last year. You give me... 30% strikeout and 59% ground balls. Like just, you, you stay out of trouble with a lot of that. You, you know, as a closer, one run lead, you know, takes three ground balls to score a run, whereas one fly ball uh, causes you problems. The the injury last year was an ankle injury. I, that makes me happier than it was if it was an arm injury. Maybe yeah. he was never fully 100%, uh, but he's still pretty good. I just think ADP 114, if I don't have a closer yet in the eighth round, uh, I, I'm grabbing Munoz for sure. I, I like this price on him. Yeah, and I, I actually, I like the Fairbanks price too. Yeah, he's right. They're right next to each other. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Fairbanks was treated differently than the previous couple of years. Now, obviously, Fairbanks, diff, you know, you're worried about durability with him. Even this year, I've only got him projected for 49 innings, which is going to obviously cut down on his uh, save chances if that is fulfilled. But he, the Rays, kind of demonstrated they trust him, uh, and you know, Jason Adam exists and he's good, um, and they, they, they'll, they, they rebuilt robert stevenson they rebuilt jake deekman they'll do it again this year with others i still believe in fairbanks i think he's a guy that is going to get more than your average raise closer yeah i think i mean he's got a ton of i mean a 37 percent strikeout rate last year like there's a ton of upside the uh the durability with him worries me a little bit and the walks worry me i think that the uh the 3.4 percent walk rate in 2022 is clearly an outlier he's he's double digit guy every other every other year of his career so i think the the walks always scare me as a closer, but he strikes out so many guys. He could probably overcome that. Another guy with a lot of ground balls, which I like too. So at mm-hmm. least if you walk somebody, you're not giving the two-run homer right after it. Um, I think he works really well there. I really like Evan Phillips right behind that at 121. This is a range that I you know, I probably want to sure. end up grabbing a guy in here. Um, 
there's uh, there's some talk that Dave Roberts seems to be leaning towards him being the main guy. You know, not all the guy, but uh, at least the majority of them, which we haven't seen Roberts say, uh, you know, recently, probably since Jansen was there. Another great ratio year, 205.83 whip and 61 innings. Like a lot of innings for that number. That's a really good whip. Uh, the K to walk is really good. Uh, K-minus walk's like 23%. Um, it has, has had a really low bat the last couple of years, so maybe he gets a little bit of correction there. It's like under 230 last couple of years, but – I just think he's really good. The stat cast page is pretty much all red. You know, he's over 90th percentile in XERA. Mm-hmm. Um, ADP 121 on the best team in baseball, potentially. Um, I don't need to get all the saves. You give me 75% of the saves. I think he smokes this ADP. Yeah. Uh, the only problem is, like, Gratterall is there and is amazing. Good. Yeah, really good. No doubt. Uh, Fire Eisen, too, maybe. I don't know. Or something like that. Uh it, it, it's just, I remember kind of banging my head against the wall because he's so good. And, you know, and he's still got 24 saves. 24 saves won't kill you with no. that price. It will but. not. And I do think he gets more this year, but I'm not going to argue the fact that, yeah, there's going to be times where the bullpen door opens and Gradwell comes out or Joe Kelly comes out or Ryan Brazier or Fire Eyes. And you mentioned yep. uh, there will be situations like Blake Trinan's back, uh, you know, back from the dead, 36 year old Blake Trinan. I'm not too worried about that, but. Was a stud a while ago. I, I do think they'll mix and match some, but I do. I think Phillips gets a uh, a good majority of the saves. Yeah. By the way, J- Jermaine to like the Dodgers and maybe the Mariners earlier. There, uh, Anthony Jaldi uh, has a great question. Uh, do you believe in handcuffing closers on a fifteen team, thirty round team? Uh, uh, you know, and the two examples are Seattle and Tampa Bay. I, I do if I know those are D two guys um unfortunately like the Rays, it's usually like eight guys um and so i'm not inclined to do that as often um what about what say you my answer to that question is only if that second guy is a very late pick i'm not using there are some there's gonna be some closing right. waiting who are around 16 17 18 19 guys i will not do it there i'd rather right. i'd rather actually take a take a closer waiting on a different team because if i'm gonna be in a contest with an overall contest and i want to hit on my guy then i want to hit on my backup guy working out also um, right. So I'd, I'd like to take the chance of getting two rather than maybe holding on to one. And like you mentioned, there's a lot of teams that the first guy gets hurt and it just kind of opens up to a lot of guys. I think that'd be the right. problem. Even in Seattle, like Brash is a lefty. So maybe, you know, they mix and match if something happened to Munoz. Uh, you mentioned Tampa Bay, like there's, you're right, there's eight guys. I think that if Fairbanks went down, it'd be eight guys again. Um, so I don't, unless it's a clear guy that I really like the skills that I can grab in the very end of the draft where I can drop him very easily. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to hold on to someone while my closer stays healthy. Yeah, uh, I think that's a fair point. Um, and, you know, in a zero-sum sort of mentality, too, you're hurting somebody else if you've got their closer, too. So that there's... I, love, I love doing that. You love taking a pick instead of the guy who has the starting closer just kind of gives you a, a bad look. It's always a good Yeah. For what it's worth, Jason Adam, is, his ADP right now is 395. So he's yeah, not so that could, that could work. 12-teamer. He gets he does get him in uh, the in 15-teamers. Uh, um, and the Gialdi correct me, Brash is a righty. Who am I thinking of this lefty? It might have been Topa. I don't know. Topa's gone though, so I don't know. Who was I thinking of? So Seattle had a guy that was really nasty. He was a lefty. Good question. Don't I know do the not, answer. I that. do not know who I'm thinking of. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you for telling me the Brash is a righty. So, uh, yeah. So maybe he. But you still have Santos there, who they who they traded for. So Gabe I just, Spire, maybe I Saucedo. I was not thinking of Gabe Spire. Well, it'll come to me. It'll come to me someday, and I'll it'll be I'll be somewhere where I'm not on the not on the air, and I'll, I'll pop in my head. It wasn't Topa? Topa's ready, by the way. Yeah, yeah. There was someone I'm thinking of. I don't know who it is. But. Yeah. 
before we get down to the to the bottom of the barrel, the uh, the guys after uh, round one fifty, uh, talk to me real quick about Clay Holmes. Uh, had some hiccups, and I kind of thought when I dove into him that I'd be like, yeah, I don't really want any Clay Holmes, but I was actually kind of impressed when I looked. He was still really good last year. I kind of remembered him being worse than he was. It's, it's funny how that pops in our head. Uh, 286, 117 in 63 innings. Uh, K rate was a career high, 27%. The walks were up a touch, just under 9%. So you would like to come down a little bit. But, I mean, elite homer rate, he's a, just a huge ground ball guy. So it's not surprising. 65% ground ball guy. A lot of hard contact, which scares you. But then you look at the barrels, and they were under 2.5% last two years. He didn't get many fly balls. Like he's just a right. lot. All his hard hit balls are on the ground, which – you like to see they've got uh, they, they should have a good infield in New York. Um, you know, Volpe is a really good fielder. Uh, so Babbitt will always matter for him because you all like uh, hard ground balls. But at ADP one thirty five, um, if I waited on closer till then, I'm actually good taking a shot at him in the you know the end of the ninth or early tenth round. Uh, more solid than I would have thought. I, I did not think I'd be in on Holmes. I think I am. Yeah, um, for sure. And you know the thing is, second half he is deployed like a real closer. First half he wasn't. You know, he, he still only had like a 54 and a half. I'm reading in our outlook, 54 and a half team save share, but almost in this, you know, and keep in mind the second half, there weren't as many save chances either. So because the Yankees 10, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm okay with him. I'm fine with him. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to go into a draft hoping he's my number one, but I feel like he's a good, like, Oh boy, I don't have one through eight. I'm going to, I need to get somebody that he's, he's the guy that I would grab. And I think that, I think he has the job. I mean, Lawasik is good. Tommy Conley's good. Uh, but I think that he's probably the guy at least to start. And, you know, that's all he coming out of hope for. Yeah, exactly. Real quick on some guys that are go late. I do want to get into starting pitchers here in a second. But uh, Jose Alvarado is about, uh, I think he's 199 when I did it the last three, something like that, right in there. Mm-hmm. He's really, really good, but we've got a situation where we I don't think we really know what Philadelphia is going to do. There was a... Uh, it felt like he kind of took over the job early in the year, then he got hurt, and then he kind of took it over late, but then he never really was the guy. I think he only had – he didn't have that many saves just because he got he – was, he was hurt a bunch of the year. He only threw, what was it, uh, 41 innings last year, had 10 saves, but dude is just nasty. Uh, 37% strikeout rate, 15% swing, swing strike rate. The, K, the walks are always an issue with him. The, always the thing with him in Tampa Bay, like they kept him from really being the guy. It was always the walk issues. Uh, but Philly didn't bring in a closer. Uh, maybe they mix and match because he's a lefty, but it's not like they brought someone in to really take over. You mentioned Jeff Hoffman before. They traded for Gregory Soto last year. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez is still there. Um, you know, I think that uh, we, we've done that experiment already. I mean, can I victory lap another Sir Anthony Dominguez fab pickup there? No, please. Oh. Yeah, that's so oh. I drafted him last year. Oh, it's terrible. Oh. Um, Orion Kirkering, I know, gets a lot of uh, a lot of love for people that yeah. like the stuff, including he's another, Ryan uh, Roof, our closer guy, likes. Kirkering. Yeah, he's a he's a he's Kirkering. a gif, uh, a Twitter gif specialist. Also, uh, how do you feel about Alvarado? Is uh, you know, you're you're in this range, you need a second closer. Um, I think he's my favorite of the guys in the you know, that go in this range. I mean, he, he's awesome, yeah, you know, he just can't stay healthy and he's got the left handed bias against yeah. and. Just Rob Thompson just doesn't settle on one guy. It seems like to me, and it was uh, and it was an elbow last year too, which is it yeah. Was, it's not uh, like he tweaked a hamstring or an ankle; like it was an arm injury. The timing was terrible too. Yeah. Uh, it he just, was just second, taking that job. Yep, and it just and it was a point where we couldn't stash really because it just wasn't worth it because he didn't know what the usage was going to be like when he came back. They were obviously pushing for a stretch run, and they didn't treat him like a pure closer down the stretch either. He got some saves in September. Um, and that was nice. And he got one, two, three, four saves in September. That's not bad, but it's not like, oh, he's definitely the guy either. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the price reflects that. I think if he was definitely the guy, there's no, you know, he would be 70 picks earlier or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, if I get stuck down here, he's someone I like. How do you feel about Alex Lang? He's one of those guys that is a um, is scary because he walks so yes. many guys. The the walks are scary, but he's kind of the appears to be the guy. I know Jason Foley is there, Andrew Chafin is there, but it looks like Lang is. At least he got to start. He had a 15.5% walk rate last year. I know the strikeout rate was pretty good. He's a huge ground ball guy, which helps he, uh, in all that. But, man, uh, that walk rate is – that walk rate I, probably scares me away. I, I He misses so many bats that it's almost sometimes just, like, worth stabbing to see if he could just improve just yeah. by a notch. Right. If you, get, you give me, like, 9% walk rate, the guy is suddenly really good. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing that I, I'm kind of afraid to pass him up in a way sometimes. I've actually taken him a couple times because I haven't had my second closer, and he's kind of just always there for you. Um, but Foley, I mean, Foley could be the guy too. Although I don't think Foley is anything amazing. Oh, Jeff disappeared, so uh, hopefully he'll we'll be back. Uh, hopefully I'm still here. Um, oh, now Jeff's back. Yeah, don't, did you delete yourself? I did it to myself. I uh, <laughs> going back and forth between Safari and Chrome. One got the I don't I don't get into it, but hit, don't hit the keyboard back shortcut there when you're not sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Out of uh, the podcast for a second there. You're, uh, you're like mentioning things. you're mentioning Foley. I just Foley's strikeout rate is under twenty percent. Like he's yeah. just not someone that I doesn't really doesn't really excite me. Right, he's going to be so much. It's just so hard to live that way. You know, that's true. And the thing is, I'm not really, I don't really not big on Foley, but what I am no, I think what is noteworthy is that if Lang isn't getting it done, there may not seem like there's an obvious guy, but there's always a guy. There's yeah, it only, take, it only takes walks. three outings where he walks multiple guys. You're like, I will use anybody yep. else at this point. Right. Uh, it could be Will Vest. It could be Shelby Miller. Shelby could Miller. Be, that's right. Shelby Miller's there. Yeah. Um, it could be whoever doesn't make the rotation. You know, the, the, the Tigers have really legitimate options for in depth in their bullpen. I mean, their rotation right now. Uh, Sawyer Gibson Long just had a, a groin injury, so he might fall behind in winning the job battle in the rotation. But what if that means they just want him in the in the bullpen later on? Um, and that's a path of development sometimes, too. You know, they've got seven starters. Scooble, Maeda, Flaherty, Olsen, Mize, Manning, and Gibson Long. And if you want to count Fiedo, I guess that means eight. But any of those guys could go to the bullpen and all of a sudden be lights out. Yep. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when Trey Wingenter was a trendy guy for a week last year. Wow, that was a name I have not thought of in a long time. It was last year. Was it last year? year? It was last year. I was sitting next to Phil Dusso, and he was like all over Trey Wingenter. Um, He also dominated me in the league. That was was when I drafted the 700 club team. So um, that's, that's what I get for sitting next to Phil Dusso. Tim Anderson forever. Uh, yeah, Shelby Miller, 0.90 uh, whip last year in 42 innings. Yep. yep. The, uh, the 165 Babbitt might have helped, though. Might have. Yep. Might have. He, he was forcing – oh, I guess he only threw seven innings the year before. But, yeah, 165 Babbitt is pretty wild. Um, real quick, a couple names. What are you doing with Mason Miller in Oakland? Do you have any interest here? Um, they're moving to the bullpen. Uh, mostly is a way to keep him healthy. I think it's very clear that uh, – you know, kind of similar to AJ Puck, although uh, AJ Puck, the Marlins are now moving him to starter, but uh, having trouble staying healthy as a starter, um, the stuff is ridiculous. He throws insanely hard. It was uh, it was fun to watch him pitch in his thirty three innings. I mean, he's really nasty. Obviously, a big upside if he closes all year. Even on a bad team, like I know their over under is like fifty five wins, but 
you know, maybe they win 65 and Mason Miller closes, that would be a huge boon. ADP is 242, so like a 16th round pick. Uh, what are you doing with Mason Miller right now? Uh, for those watching, this is what I'm doing. I'm throwing up my hand. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I don't, I mean, everybody loves this stuff. And obviously not throwing as many innings is good for him because he's never been able to throw a ton of innings. Uh, but max effort also, there, there's risks involved in that. There's there's inherent risks of having a guy max out all the time. And that's what he would be doing as a closer. Plus there's, there's, there's your former A's are going to win like seven games this year. So there's that also. So it's uh it's a real, I mean, it, I think on the extremes, the problem, I mean, if they win 58 games, obviously it makes it really tough. Uh, I just think he's getting hurt again. I think I think the point you make about max effort, like even though he's only pitching one inning, like he's going to be gassing it out for those one inning. He didn't really strike out that many guys in the majors last year. 33 innings as a strikeout rate was down 11%. I know it was a huge number throughout the minors, but he's thrown like 30 innings in the minors or something like that. Like, yeah, there's just no way to know what we really have. I just think in the 16th round, I'm probably picking someone else I like there. Someone else I really like in another position, and I'm probably just sucking it up. If he ends up being a great closer, then I'll miss it this year, but I don't think I'm doing it. DraftKings Sportsbook has the A's at uh, set their over under total at 56 and a half now. Um, so is that crazy? Like they're expecting yeah. them to lose what is that 107 games or something like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, if the Dodgers and Braves are going to go over 100, and you know, Dodgers are projected 103 and a half, 104 and a half in some places, you know, something else has to give. Uh, and it's not just the A's, it's the Rockies eating. What's the uh, who's the second lowest team? Do you have it up still? Rockies eating paste in the corner, as always. Uh, is that like 64 or something like that? 60 and a half. Uh, oh, Fanduel's got them at 59 and a half, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah, White Sox are down at 63 and a half. Uh, we've got a tool uh, if you're into sports betting there where you can kind of find your, you know, find better win totals here and there for at least three sports books, at least. Um, I, I, and it, it's the lesson here is shop around, get you get your best price if you can. Um, but I think it's an, a, another year of extremes. Nationals are at 66 and a half. And I'm not super pessimistic on them, although I did. Look I, at think they, I think they I think they go over that. Oh, I think they go over that over that number. Yeah, it's just the rotation so damn bad. That's the problem yeah. there. Excellent segue, Jeff. Last closer I want to talk about uh, is Washington. Okay. Um, there are some injury concerns with Hunter Harvey, of course. But, man, I love the profile. His ADP is 331. That's picked round 22. He's someone that I'm going to take right before the break. So 19th, 20th round, uh, 23% K minus walk last year. Um, 11.3 uh, swing strike rate is not huge, but good enough to get some strikeouts. Um, he's pitched 60 and two thirds last year. Like, he was healthy all of last year. Uh, Kyle Finney is not someone that scares me as an incumbent. Uh, nice ground ball bump. He's up to 44%. Uh, I think he has the makings of being uh, someone that can be pretty darn good and with zero risk on the price. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, yeah. Harvey missed four weeks last year with that right elbow strain. Um, but that Washington job was frustrating because Harvey looked like he was about to really take over and then, no. Oh, there goes Finnegan getting some more save chances there. Harvey didn't get a save after August 25th last year, which is the thing that's a little tricky, even though he's pitching the whole month of September. Yeah, I think, and I think that there's always a risk they just stick with Finnegan, but I think uh, I think it may take a while for it to come around, but I think he's going to end up closing for them for a majority of the year. Yeah. Um, so and if it's you know three weeks in, he doesn't it doesn't look any close like you always drop him, but uh, I think of sure. the guys going after 300, he's my favorite guy. You're not going to take him in the 19th or 20th anymore because someone will take him in the 18th and yours because you have that sort of power to move. I, just, I just screwed myself, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. You done my right. 
I did it last year on Reynaldo Lopez and it just screwed everybody else. That, uh, That's, ended true. Up yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Self-included, unfortunately, yeah. but yes. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Let's uh, let's talk some starting pitchers. We're going to go, I think we're going to go a little bit longer tonight just because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, there's some guys I want to talk about in the top 150 that are, that are pretty interesting. Uh, real quick on the top. Uh, I don't want to talk about Starship Strider. I think we both think he's awesome. What do you do with Garrett Cole? ADP is 15. Uh, another elite year, 263, 0.98, 0.98 whip. But there are some uh, there are some issues here. His K rate dropped 5%. Swing strike rate fell near 3%. It was under 12% last year. Um, do you have any concerns at all about uh, Cole with the strikeout drop last year? Well, now I do. <laughs> uh, I didn't before. Uh, but then, I, see, the thing is, I haven't been in position to draft him yet. I for luck, for goodness enough, I, I have been drafting early. Uh, yeah. So, it, yeah, irrelevant to you then, because you can't. You're not going to take him at three, and he's not going to come back around to 28 or whatever. But if you're at the even like pick 11, 12, 13, 40, 15, he comes in the mix either in your first round or coming back around in the second round. Uh, he was still awesome last year. I mean, but mm-hmm. two six three point eight is still really good. But it's funny. You look at his stat cast page; it's good, but it's not like Garrett Cole dominant. He's uh, you know, K and the K and walk rates are both a 70th percentile, but nothing and nothing's over 90th percentile. So there's a lot of really, really good, but not great, great. And if you're in the first round, you obviously need to get great, great. He's obviously really, really good. Um, I haven't decided about I took him in the fir- middle of the first round last year and it worked, but uh, I'm up in the air with him and take him at the end of the first round this year. It's kind of funny that last year was his first Cy Young. 
it is kind of wild when you think about it that way. But yeah, I would have thought that was a second. That was his first one, huh? You're right. Yankees were terrible. Yeah. Um, he started to show some decline, but it's also nobody else challenged him, you know, stepped up to challenge him either. I think that's the thing. It was if I if I'm remembering the you know, because Otani got hurt as a pitcher. Um, not that he was necessarily going to challenge as the Cy Young. I'm trying to think of who else would have challenged for the AL Cy Young last year. I don't remember who was second. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. I that and that's the point. Um, so I think he almost won it by default. And let's let's face it, still 27 percent strikeout rate is his lowest, but it's still pretty good. Still really good. Yeah, everything I said is still really good, but he's got to be awesome to be your you know first round pick over a over a Bryce Harper, Shohei Otani, all those guys in that range. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but. I've seen a lot of Otani Harper pairings on the turn. I have that's too. What, that's what uh, Jenny did in labor. Um, had her on on the Thursday podcast. She did great. Um, She's a great player too. Yes, she is. Yes, yeah. she is. I, I saw that combo in another draft too. Uh, so it, it, it's a common combo. And the thing is, I I don't mind a lot of the pitchers you can get at the end of the third round. So if that's the case, I'm going to probably take two hitters one too. I mean, you're you're probably getting some sort of combination if you're lucky pablo if you're in a non-bloomfield league you got a chance at him uh you're looking at zach gallon you're looking at yamamoto uh tyler glass i don't, think, I don't think any of those guys get the end of the third round in the main event well yeah and i'm actually i'm still bef- yeah i'm actually looking at that's 40 42 43 and adp so even now you're barely getting there yeah uh, maybe i'm not as comfortable now that i'm looking at there because then you're looking at- uh, you're going Scooball, Eric, Aaron Nola. There's, there's a kind of a gap there. If you're at the end of the third round, and Gallon, Yamamoto, Pablo, Kirby go, there's a like a there's a there's a big tier drop there. I guess that's where you shrug and say, "I guess we'll take a closer. Um, I'll, I'll start the closer run." Um, there you go. Or you just take I, two more hitters. Yeah, that's also possible. Is that what you would do if you're stuck on the turn? Yeah, it's funny you say that because you've got to. Uh, I think I would like if I was stuck in the turn, I just take two more hitters and, and pound. I've done that multiple times, and then you just got to make sure that you know five, six, seven, eight. You're probably taking three starters and maybe pushing your closer a little bit further. But I would go. Uh, I just go the extra two hitters. So yeah, if you're doing that, then your first starter is somewhere in the range of Grayson Rodriguez, Bobby Miller, Yuri good, Perez, good. Zach Eflin. Three or four ain't bad. Luzardo maybe. Um, but that's your, you got to take, you got to take three pretty quick. If you're going to do that, I think, yeah, I don't think, I don't think two pretty quick. I think you got to take three. And then you got to have a plan for closer in there too, yep. somewhere. Um, yep. but uh, I mean, but you've also got, you've also got four hitters to start your offense. So there's right. It's okay. always super fun to start with four hitters. If you can do it, it. is. Yeah, it yeah. is. I like going three hitters early. Like, uh, I, I, when I had did scarf, when I was drafting second, I went three hitters helped that Lindor fell to me at 29. Oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, and then I and it did Semyon because I always do Semyon there. Um, and so you start off with that base, and then it kind of opens the door to doing whatever you want with pitching later yeah. on. Yeah, I'm always uh, – I think, you know, a key to a draft is being willing to um, – being willing to, to mix and match. I think you've got to be able to uh, – to, yeah, that's – that's knowing the playing pool is the key to me is that you just – I think you have to know if you get stuck with something, what do you do? Uh, Sonny Gray was yes. the second. And Sonny Gray was second in uh, Cy Young voting, by the way. Kevin Gosman third. Kyle Bradish fourth. Yeah, um, interesting that Gray uh, finished ahead of Gossman, but it just shows, too, that... Garrett Cole unanimous, by the way, all 30 votes. I was just going to say, he lapped the field, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, 
again, we, we like to say that win loss record doesn't mean anything with those things, but he was 15 and four. It meant yeah. a lot. Well, he led, led the league in right. Yeah, right. Didn't hurt either. Yeah. Exactly. And innings pitch and whip. Yeah. Innings pitch also. I mean, that's one that's underrated. Like Sonny Gray had a great year, but he doesn't throw a ton of innings. Yeah, he did last year, but normally he does not. Uh, that I, I did not. I would have lost that bet coming up with the uh, the second site. I did not know Sonny. I love Sonny Gray. He was good last year, but I didn't. He, I didn't know he was second. Yeah, but and he did throw last year. He did throw 184, but that's still a parsec yeah. behind uh, Cole there. That's pretty wild. Like, you probably win a lot of bar bets, although not anymore because everybody has Google on their phones. But uh, Sonny mm-hmm. Gray has two top three Cy Young finishes in his career. That's wild. Yeah, he was third. He was third one year on the uh, when he was on the A's. Yeah. So a couple of names uh, you mentioned in that range, in the uh, the kind of the thirty-five to forty-five range, uh, George Kirby and Zach Gallen. Uh, how do you feel about those guys? I'm gonna let you go first on these guys. Um, I there's always someone that likes. I love Kirby. Seems like someone always loves him a little bit more than me. Um, does the does the low K rate for a for a you know a top stud like this? How much does that worry you at twenty three percent? Uh. Doesn't if I know that I'm getting a ton of innings, I'm getting great ratios. It's the Logan Webb prop issue. I think I like, I like put it this way. I like getting Logan Webb around later and getting a very similar pitcher. I uh, possibly more innings. I just, I love, I love Kirby. I love watching Kirby. The two and a half percent walk rate is just the, the oh, dumbest thing out there. It's like, it's he, if he walks two guys in a game, you're like, Oh my God, what's wrong with George Kirby? Yeah. Um, yeah, the hundred percent, it's hundred percent tile on Statcast. It's always, it's always fun to see that. But man, I just, he just doesn't get swing and miss on his on his secondary and tertiary pitches, the sinker, the slider. He gets twenty eight percent whiff rate on his fastball, which is a a pretty good number. As you look at you, know, you look at Statcast, you look at fastballs, like that's a really good number. Mm-hmm. Just those second and third don't get that. You know, sometimes you take 40 percent. Some of these guys with the with the with the whiff rate and. Uh, the K's did jump in the second half. Maybe a sign there. He was twenty five point two percent in the second half. Uh, it's funny because the K's just get up a little bit. He would he would smoke this price because the, the whip is going to be really good because he never walks anybody. Right, and I love that. And whip always gets overlooked. I feel like too. But, Me too. Uh, I like that too. Um, and what? And I'm I'm more talking myself into the price now. Well, the price is fine, but I've been in drafts where he goes higher than that. I, I saw him go in the middle of the second round in the draft. So yeah, I think he's going to be a two three turn guy in main events probably. Yeah, and I might be okay with that. I, I might. Um. Yeah, it's to, the an, thing is, to answer Uncle does, Chad in the to answer Uncle Chad in the chat why there's there's you know why people take pitching early these dominant guys are huge anchors it's the strike it's the strikeouts and the ratios it is it is hard to find guys in fifteen teamers late in drafts and there are it's it's hard to find guys in the waiver wire a couple anchors make a massive massive difference uh, and, and take a look at the correlation between like the top finishers in the NFC main event and how they did in the ratios Brian Slack was top five in both ERA and WHIP last year that's yeah. sick. I mean, yeah. And by the way, ERA and whip correlate very well with each other too, by the yeah. way. And uh, it's hard to find good whip guys later. Like they just, you get guys that everybody's got some warts later. They either walk guys, they don't strike guys out. They're just the, the guys who strike guys out and don't walk guys. And they just, there's just not many of them. And this is where they go. Yeah. Uh, that, that's right. And so many times we play in, not, you know, we, we talk in FBC. That's our primary platform that we talk about the most, but we, t- yeah. we play in others too. Um, yeah, and, yeah, for sure. If you play in a standalone league, well, that, that might be a little bit different in how you treat starters. You know, I play in an ale only auction league where our whole league discounts starting pitching a little bit. And it's always an adjustment. I, you know, it's an auction league too. And that's, that's part of it too. But, you know, you get 
starters on the cheap there. I might get Kirby there because I get him at a reasonable price where I don't right. get him in the NFBC. Uh, I, 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 I mean, the thing is, what if Kirby does enhance his secondary option uh, off, yeah. offerings and if gets he's like twenty seven more? Yeah, if he's twenty seven strikeout rate. Like it is filthy, nasty, like top three, top five pitcher guy. Yeah, um, and and that the thing is, you know, you you want to yeah, you you want to avoid having to stream too often. You want to have to you want to have your base there too. And unfortunately, you can't get your base in the nineteenth, twentieth round. These guys are too sharp that you're playing against. You think that they're yeah. your sleeper. Um, oh, they'll never see. Yeah. I've got, I've got Tanner Bybee. Nobody's talking about him. Yeah. Everybody's talking about him. Every starter I like in the 1920th round goes four rounds late. Go four round earlier in March. Every yes. time. I just, there's none of that. Everybody sees the same stuff. And you, Joe McHugh in the chat mentioned, uh, you know, if you're streaming pitchers, like streaming pitchers in a 15 teamer sucks. It is impossible. It is so hard. You can get them. You can find some guys. You can be good at it, but it is so hard. You see streaming articles on a lot of sites that are really good. None of those guys are available in some in these in these fifteen team leagues. They're so deep. It is hard to stream pitchers, and you get a couple blowups in there, and suddenly you're chasing ERA and whip the rest of the way. Yeah, uh, it, it's really frustrating. Um, and the thing, everybody reads the same stuff. You know, we all look at the same. Oh, yep. he misses bats with this. Yes, missing bats. That's yeah. Did did update from two thousand five? Missing bats is good. You know, you know, it, it's one of those things that. And the thing is, you don't need. You know, it's like, why draft this guy when you can get this guy five rounds later? Because you need both of them. Yep. You need, and two more beyond that. You need to roster nine pitchers every single week. And good luck trying to keep up in wins and Ks and ratios and all that if you only have a, you know, a whole lot of late round guys. And, and guess what? These guys get hurt too. The younger guys that are sneaky guys that they throw hard and, oh, they're very attractive. Well, half of them are going to get some sort of setback at some point in time. Yeah, and there's obviously, we mentioned before, if you want to go four bats, like there are definitely ways to win. You just have to address it pretty quick, but uh, it's tough. Where are you with Zach Gallon? This is someone that uh, I am not taking in this range. He's in the low 40s. Um, hard hit numbers were an issue. Um, you look at the stat cast page on Gallon, it does not look like someone that's remotely an ace. Um, he's over like 70 percentile in one category. That's walks. Um, and in case he's 71st. Um Expected ERA is 50th percentile last year. Expected value is 34th percentile. There's enough here. His ERA was over four in the second half. Um, I had him in a league. He was really great for me until the end. It still was really good. But uh, this is someone that I'm not taking in the third round myself. Uh, I know that he was really good last year. Three, four, seven, one, one, two. Uh, I'm scared enough of Gallon. I don't think he's dominant enough. I think that uh, at pick 40, I'm passing and taking someone else. I think that's fair the fact that he threw 240 innings combined between the regular season and the playoffs is also enough to be a little frightening so i get it i could see uh, choosing others in this range i think he would be good but not great and i need uh, i need great at pick 41 yep yep i can see that there um again i haven't been in a position to take him uh you know just the way it's worked out uh but yeah it seems to me like this is a situation there where you might exercise a little bit of caution. Yeah, we're not doing the uh, we're not doing the fades podcast quite yet, but uh, he's definitely on my list. Okay. The uh, the buzzy twenty twenty four starting pitcher winner is probably uh, Tariq Skubal. Uh, he was uh, really really good last year, and then uh, really really good late too. Uh, you know, overall two eight two eight zero ERA point nine zero WHIP in eighty innings, an incredible strikeout rate for a starter, thirty two point nine percent four and a half percent walk rate. It was a it was a crazy 80 innings for Scooball. He got uh, he got really hot, was really good. 
The K rate was middle 20 percentile percent uh, in the last three years, and then it jumped up this year. So you got to figure out, you know, how much of that is real. Swing and strike rate was 15%. So uh, it definitely matched there. Uh, everybody loves Scooball this year. StackCast page is Philly. It's all bright red. We talked about Gallon. Like his StackCast page blows away Gallon. Both his Ks and walks were over 95th percentile last year, which you don't see in many pitchers. That is a rarity right there. ADP is 54, so he's middle of the fourth round. I think he moves up a little bit more in main event season. Uh, where are you on uh, Scooball, who everybody loves this year? I heard he just hit 117 on the uh, radar. Right? <laughs> I feel like every time he throws a pitch, like it's, it's 20 gifts about it. He threw 101. I think the only question is, can he throw that many innings and maintain the, his effectiveness? Um, we've seen it in a shorter sample. We've seen it maybe against lesser competition. These are fine things, but you know, you know, I, I, I don't think it's fully uh, dispositive to say, okay, he hasn't done it and thrown enough innings, but I am concerned about the durability. Uh, but I think he's, I mean, I, I, him or Aaron Nola to me is like an interesting debate. It's a fascinating debate because it's one guy that's going to throw 200 innings every single year. He's made 32 plus starts last five seasons against the guy who threw the incredible 80 innings with the huge upside. And, you know, I just, it's, it's a really interesting thing because they're right next to each other in ADP too. One's 55 and one's 57. Yeah. Um, and so who yeah. do you take? And you're in the middle of the fourth round. You're going to take a starter. Which one do you click? I think I'm going to take Scooble. I would have told you for sure I was taking Nola until I dug in deeper than him. I think I'm taking Scooble too. Yeah. And I, I would have been like, oh, bounce back Nola over the, uh, you know, the, the hyped younger guy who came off the season. Um, but I, as, as I look deeper, I think that uh, I think I would have gone uh, Scooble there too. I think that uh, middle of the fourth round of I need a starter. It's just, uh, it, it looks really good. Uh, there are risks there, but it, it's good. And uh, someone mentioned Yamamoto was a starter in the fourth. Yamamoto is not available uh, in the fourth. He's uh, he's going to the third round uh, by now. I think he's ADP is uh, ADP's pick forty three and likely to go up. So he'll be a third rounder in the main event. Um, yeah, Noah Stackhouse page just okay. He's good at like walks and chase rate, but all the hard contact metrics were bad last year. Hard hit rate was was ninety two percent all the year before and dropped way off. So maybe he corrects that. He was bad with guys on base too. He only had a 21% strike. Everybody went down with guys on base. Maybe he was not as good out of the stretch. Um, I think the ADP on Noah is about right, but I just don't know. I mean, that's two of three years with ERAs like in the mid fours. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And you can't say like, Oh, Noah's never heard you. That's true. He, he hurt you last year. Definitely. I mean, uh, uh, given the cost that it took to get him. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I, I think I would take, uh, I would I would take Scooble over him and because Nola was what like late second early third last year. Yeah, I mean team context. Nola's got on a better team probably. Although I think yep. the Tigers are going to be better than I think the Tigers are going to do this year what people thought they were going to do last year. Um, I think they are going to get because I think they had some significant breakouts last year and they will be a better team. Uh, but and they have a better ballpark. But Philly's still a better team. Period. Better run support. Yeah. Um, all that. But a tougher ballpark. Tough, you know, Citizens Bank ballpark is actually kind of a sneaky, tough place to pitch, too. And, and Nola's K rate fell like three and a half percent last year. Um, I know someone, uh, Anthony Jolly, made the chat look at Scooball's opponents. I know he faced yep. like the dregs down the stretch. I do get that. Yep. Um, I probably will end up with neither of these guys. We're being fully honest in the range, but if I had to pick one, I think I'd go Scooball. And that surprises me because I would not have said that two weeks ago before I, before I dug in a little bit. Yeah, fair. 
Uh, a couple of uh, young studs here, kind of in the end of fifth round, early sixth, I want to ask you about. Uh, we got Grayson Rodriguez and Bobby Miller. Um, Grayson was uh, obviously uh, not a great line overall, but you know, if you look deeper, uh, a lot of his problems were early on. His ERA mm-hmm. was 4 5, whip was 1 3 4, but 2 5 8 ERA in the second half in 76 innings. Uh, K rate really solid. The walks rate were a little high at 8 22%, but under 7% again in the second half. After he was demoted for that stretch of time, he came back and was really good. Swing strike rates over 12%. Um, a lot of really good stuff here. Um, where are you on Grayson? You look at Stackhouse page, not great, but a lot of that's the first half. Again, ADP 73, Bobby Miller's 80. Do you have a preference between the two? Where do, where do you kind of fall with these guys with obviously the, the huge young upside uh, stud guys? I think a small preference for Grayson, but I can't really tell you why. Um, not because you I'm trying to hide it. Think about a 5-6 turn and take both of them. That that'd be pretty uh, sexy, that's for sure. Um, that would get some that would get some oohs and ahs for the room, which is usually not a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, re- I I really like. I don't want to spoil, it, but I really like Bobby Miller a ton at the price. Yeah, that's good. Um, I worry a little bit about dur- durability for both of them, but every young pitcher you worry about durability. Every young pitcher, every pitcher you do, but yeah, definitely every young pitcher you definitely do. Yeah. Um, I like that you're pairing them. I think that yeah, because that that would be a fun pairing. And, it, and it's a thing you could do because, like, if you're on the turn, you're picking, like, you know, around right before 75 and right after 75. You could do it. Um, the thing I like with Miller, he threw 124 innings last year, 376, 110. That's a really solid rookie year. The Ks were only 24%, but much higher numbers in the minors. I think the, mm-hmm. the strikeouts are going to come a little bit. You watch his stuff, and I think that you, it's pretty clear that the strikeouts are going to come at some point. You, you watch him up close. He is He's filthy. He throws really hard. What I like is the walks were really good for his first time. There was a 6.3% walk rate, guys, 80th percentile in major league pitchers that qualified. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really, really good number. Um, really nice ground ball guy, too. He's 47.7%. I love the ground ball. He moved up the strikeouts a little bit. This is a really good combo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his expected ERA last year was 81st percentile in his rookie year. Um, he was better in the second half as he kind of figured stuff out. 336 ERA. The walk rate dropped three percent in the second half. I love everything here. Someone in the chat mentioned they probably won't see the sixth round. I agree there. I think both these guys will move up a little bit, but uh, both targets for me, I think I target Miller a little bit more. I really like Miller when I, when I dug in a little more, I think the durability you mentioned is the main problem. I think his, I think when he pitches, he'll be really, really good. And obviously on an elite, a uh, real, real team too. We're talking about a lot of guys that are going to rise. Who's going to yep. fall hitters, boring veteran hitters. Yep. Paul Goldschmidt, eighth round. You know, there, there will be some of that. I mean, you look at this range, um, but not everybody can fall. I mean, right. Right, you know, look at Nolan Jones, Machado, Mike Trout, Bellinger, Nico Horner. All those guys are the guys that those guys go at wall fall a little bit as these pitchers move up. That's just guys in that range. Matt McClain will fall a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, he already has because he already has because he got hurt. Uh, Dude, he got but, picked in the at pick 103 on Tuesday night. William Contreras, JT Real Muto, Goldschmidt. Good call right there. Almost in this range, Schwarber. All those guys will fall back a half round or around as 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 you know move get pitchers and, and closers move up a little bit. Yeah, makes sense. Because you get locked out of them, you're just going to be in trouble. You've got to make sure you get some. But I uh, Miller's a guy that uh, I'm targeting a lot more than I thought I would when I when I when I kind of dug into him a little bit too. Yep. Are you going to make a bigger uh, emphasis on getting that second starter or your first closer? Oof, second starter. Me too. 
I just I think it's so I think the second starter is so key. Um, last guy in this range who's also a young stud guy is Yuri Perez in Miami. Uh, great debut with the Marlins last year. 315, 113 in 91 innings. Through a through a total of 127 innings last year. So like a, a pretty good um chunk of innings there between double A and the majors. Strikeout rate was 29% his first time through. The walks are a little bit high, 8.3%. But again, as a rookie, I don't think that's a that's a huge concern. Swing strike rate is 15.7%. Um, Jeff, this guy's nasty. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. They're Just already talking about limiting his innings, though, which freaks me out off the board. Yeah. Yep. Um, everybody, I mean, 120 plus innings is actually not that bad. I know. That's what I thought. I thought, like, we could, we could get 150 if there would seem normal, right? Yeah. I mean, would, would 100, how much, how many innings does he need to throw to justify that price? I think that's the question you always have to ask yourself. 140. Consecutive. Right, not this middle of the season shutdown crap that we have. Oh, I thought you meant like 140, like uh, all in all in a week or so. Yeah, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be a record. We uh, did a, in, a, in high school. We did a hundred inning game uh, charity event. It was actually really fun. All pitching machine pitching them. Okay, I was just yeah. wondering how do you? Yeah, and then you hit, you go through, you hit, you you hit for five innings, and you go play the field for five innings. Okay. Otherwise, okay. you go off and on every day. It would take forever. But it was kind of a, it was a fun uh, it was a fun event. But um. I I think 140 probably works this price. ADP is 85. So we're talking like late sixth round again. The guy who might move mm-hmm. up a couple spots. But we talked before when we talked about Kirby, like the the secondary pitches, maybe not the the, the whiff rate. Uh, this is the guy that's the opposite of that. He, he threw a slider 31 percent of the time last year, 47.7 percent whiff rate. His whiff rate is curveball, which he threw less. His third most popular pitch, 54.3 percent. This guy's breaking pitches are insane. Um, I think that uh, he gives up a lot of hard contact, over 10% barrel, over 40% hard hit rate. So that was uh, that's kind of the one uh, one black eye on the stat cast page. But uh, ADP feels about right. It probably move up a little bit, but uh, he's got some downside. I think that uh, the innings is a problem, the hard hits a problem. But there is so much good here that he's he's really fun. I kind of lump him in the in the Rodriguez uh, Miller uh, tier here. I've only got him for 133 innings. Is my issue? Um, yeah, and that's I think that's the that's the problem right there. Which is. Probably means I'm not going to get him. And he's, he's some of them in the chat pointed out he's, uh, he is 20. He's really, really young. Yeah. So it actually makes sense from a, a real life standpoint to manage him like they're doing. Yeah. Especially because I don't think they're going to make some crazy, the same improbable run to the playoffs that they made last year. Um, they're probably I, content. Uh, it's a tough division, but they're probably like wild card contenders for a while at least, right? So, so I, my, I was looking at win totals and they're my favorite fade right now at 78 and a half. Yeah, that's it. I, mean, I was going to say, so that's right around the 500. What were they? But a few games over, they were probably won like 84, 85 last year. Right. And they outscored, they were outscored by 57 runs last year. Um, Did you take the under the second they signed Tim Anderson? Uh, no, I was, well, it's like, <laughs> Hey, well that doubled the number of players they signed this off season. And that's the, that's my real problem is they lost Alcantara to injury. They lost Solaire to free agency. Yeah. Um, and they've added Tim Anderson. Uh, they've added Christian Bethencourt. Yep. Um, and they've added Trey Mancini. That's it. That's the list. You're not counting Sixto Sanchez in the ads? No, he was already in the organization. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I, I see what you did there. Uh, okay. Got me. No, just because he hasn't pitched in multiple years. Yeah. So it's kind of adding him up. But I don't think AJ Puck as a starter, I'm not quite buying. Braxton Garrett is hurt right now. They're I mean, they're wild because like you look at their starters and they could be awesome or they could be a disaster. Like that, there's there you could see paths both ways. 
Right. I mean, I, I mean, Perez and Lizardo, I like both. Fine. Garrett, yeah. I like his skills, but he's already got shoulder issues. I don't like that. Trevor Rogers, who the heck knows? Edward yeah. Cabrera just walked six guys. Just I would say Edward Cabrera, who the heck knows, too. Like, he was hyped last year, and I watched him a lot, and he just he's frustrating to watch. He walks everybody. Yeah, talk about a whip killer right there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I can't. I can't. But you can also squint and see Edward Cabrera being really good really quickly. So that, yeah, that's what I'm course. saying, that you could... There are ways they can be really good or really bad. His walk rate last year was 15%. Yeah, that, the eye test did not fail me there. Yeah. Um, and, and 144 whip it tells the story there pretty pretty effectively. I would, uh, I would really like Sixto to, to make a run and get good again. I, I loved him when he was pitching back. Oh, yeah. What was that 2020 when he first got called up? Was that the COVID year I think he got called up? We're in 2024 now. He's pitched one inning in, in uh, double A since then, four years. I would love to see him do well. I, he was this year, by the way, too. Oh, that's right. He was someone I loved and never walked anybody. Got great command. I loved six to eight. He was like a big target for me when he got called up. I just, I loved everything about him. It sucked that he's been hurt for so long. Yeah. Well, didn't he have like maturity issues too? Like they, they essentially kind of suspended him if I recall correctly. I believe he had something in there. Yeah. But he's 25 now. Maybe we're getting past that. I would, I'd love to see him make it, get it back to the majors for sure. Yeah. It's been a long time since he got traded from the Phillies to the uh, Marlins though. It's it was a it was it's crazy how long it was was that twenty eighteen yeah he he's twenty five already yeah. this year and no I have not seen Sixto's body question in the chat chat have you seen his body no I haven't um he does uh, he does not he looks like he needs to work himself into shape we'll just put it that way okay yeah um a couple of interesting names in, that both broke out last year kind of in the one ten mm-hmm. range we're, we're going to cover a few more names here and then we'll jump out of here. I guess we'll go three names in this range. We'll go uh, kind of one, uh, 105 to 120. Justin Steele, Cole Reagans, and Tanner Bybee. Um, do you have a strong preference between the three? I feel like they're kind of grouped together. Steele was like, you know, kind of out of nowhere breakout guy. Cole Reagans kind of did the same thing, uh, but he was kind of a stat cast darling. And then Bybee was obviously a huge, a big prospect that everybody's getting fired up when he got when he was going to make his debut last year. Uh, how do you feel about, uh, about these three guys? Bybee. It's definitely Bybee for me. Love him. And he's uh, he's the last by ADP. He's 10 picks after uh, Reagan's and uh, Steele. Yeah. And I, I like Steele too. Uh, and I like Endicott Steele. But uh, I got that one. Yeah. Thank you. I think I knew you would. Um, I, I I don't work for pitcher list, so I'm not required to profess my love for Cole Reagan's at this point in time. I mean, I Cole Reagan's could be amazing. He could be the best of the three, but I just worry about that control in the background there. I yep. just. That that that's what keeps me off him. The, the fact that he's on the Royals probably also keeps me off him a little bit for the price. I mean, I inherently trust the Guardians and I inherently distrust the Royals. Yeah, the walks were the big thing to me. I was actually surprised. I like Steele more than I thought I would when I kind of when I kind of dug into him a little bit. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, three one five one one three last year, but I I kind of looked at it when I kind of thought he was just you know a guy last year that got a little fortunate. He, he, the the, the Babbitt helped, but. Home runs are an issue. Um, he has a lot of fly balls is kind of the big thing. He has a 25% ground ball rate. I like to see that number a lot higher than that. But a lot, a lot of hard contact, but his slider is really good. Um, what was his uh, his ton of ground ball? I'm sorry. I, had, I was looking at the wrong guy. He had a ton of ground balls is what I meant. He's not a 49% ground ball guy. So, like, mm-hmm. you take that. The swing strike was 11.5%, so maybe a few more strikeouts from the from the 24.5%. He cut his walks in half. If that's real – 
he's just kind of really, really solid. I didn't expect to like this profile as much as I did, but as I got closer and looked more, mm -hmm. um, if that walk gain remains, I think he's going to be really, really solid again. I know he's in throw hard, but like that's the only thing in StatCast page. It doesn't look good as the, as the fastball velo. And if you do everything else well, I can deal with that. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-Justin Steele. I'm just pro Tanner Bybee. Um, I think that's more where I'm at with that. And I, and Gavin Williams, I love too. I love, I like Williams more in the future, I think, than I do this year, but I still like Williams too, but I like both of these guys. Get, give me them both. Yeah. I just, uh, I was, I was impressed by Steele. I think that the walks are the key. Cause it was just, he would have had a yeah. problem this first couple of years and then they, they did come down, but yeah, I do. Uh, I do like Bobby too. I mean, ADP is 119. I think that'll probably come up a little bit, but I would definitely take that. Another guy that gets a lot of whiffs on his secondary, 32% of the slider, 38% of his changeup. Uh, he dropped his walk rate in the second half. Would you like to see with the young guy too? I, I kind of like all three of these guys, but uh, mm -hmm. Diego Steel, Bybee, Reagan sounds like your Bybee Steel, Reagan's. Yeah, and hey, they're they're in labor. Reagan's fell, and I'll take did the he really. Price wow. Yeah, I did not. I uh, didn't. I didn't think he would fall anywhere. It was surprising how much he fell. He he fell to the second to last pick of the ninth round in a fifteen teamer. So that's pick one thirty four. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't expect to see that too very often. I mean, that's, no. You're right. Every every draft you get a little bit different, but um, yeah, his second Reagan's second half was 31 percent strikeout rate. It was just nasty. Oh yeah, absolutely. And if if that's sustainable at all, then that's that's grand. And that was Jenny Butler again, by the way. So it's Grand Theft Reagan's, and I get that there, and that works out great. Yeah, his his K rate, WHIF rate, XERA, and XB X batting average was all 80 percent higher on stack. Was like he was he was really really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like all three of those guys. I didn't get all three guys that I would take. I think that I, you got to rank them. You got to figure it out. But uh, I would have thought that I would have Bybee first, but I think I, I think I like Steele a little bit more. Um, last couple guys here before we jump out. We've gone quite long, but uh, we kind of were going to do that. Uh, guys in the, uh, the 140s. Uh, Hunter Green is your uh, on your Reds, so I'm going to let you talk about him. And then Michael Our Kane. Reds. Our oh, Reds, right, Scott. Right. Come on. But you're, you're the Reds expert, so I'm going to you. Okay. Hunter Green's tough to figure out because you look at you watch a pitch you're like oh my god this guy's insanely good, but then you look at the numbers without looking at that. ERAs have been four 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 and four eight two. He pitches in a really tough ballpark to pitch in, and he has a hard contact issue. Forty three and a half percent last year, nine percent barrel. Um, the Babbitt hurt him. I do get that, but uh, he just uh, he throws a lot of fly balls and a lot mm -hmm. of fly balls with hard contact is scary in that park. It is. It is. Um... I, I want to look it up to kind of confirm my, uh, like the, get the data behind it. But Hunter green to me always is like, Oh, first three innings. He looks amazing. So four, innings four through six, not so much. Um, so do you think that's him tired or guys like figure out once they see 101 the second time through, it's a little bit better. I think it's a little bit of the latter because he's, all, you know, he's Holy playing around you, on like, do you want, you want the numbers? Learning new pitches and all that. Uh, yeah, tell me if you have them at your disposal. First time through the order, ERA of 2.49. Uh -huh. Second time through, 6.53. Ooh. Third time through, 6.46. Hey, yikes. And the FIP also, is it matches that too. FIP is 255, 461, 697 respectively. XFIP, 299, 453, 509. So Slugging against is over 500 second time through the order. Yeah. Um that that's bad. I hear your, uh, your feeling on that was, uh, freaking dead on. That was pretty good. So what do you do with him? It's a 10th round pick. Obviously. I mean, nobody's saying if he's a second overall pick, he throws 101 miles an hour. Like the upside is insanely good, but we're not drafting the fancy league that we're talking about right here. We're talking about a, you know, a redraft league. 
The K rate's been over 30% both those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you doing here in the 10th round? Do you, there's going to be a next step up at some point. Do you trust it to be this year? I haven't been there yet. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, it could, it could it happen. It could happen. If, especially if uh, he's working on a splitter, which is this year's uh, sweeper. Um, oh, the, the, the Frankie Montas breakout was the splitter too. Yeah. Uh, there, and, hey, guess who he has teaching him it. Oh, that's right. Cincinnati. Oh, oh. oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, could, I remember happen. you and I, uh, you and I having breakfast at Italy talking about uh, who we're going to take for sure. And we both said Frankie Montas and it worked out well. Yeah. Um, Hunter green. I'm not quite there yet, but I want it to happen. I want it to be there. Um, probably not going to pay that price. Uh, I'll go with for the other me, guy you listed for me. Yeah. He was like the opposite of steel. And that as I dug in more, I thought I would like green a lot more than I did. And I think, uh-huh. he, I think he scares me enough. that I'm probably not taking him at ADP. Unfortunately, you don't want it really fun. Yeah. And you don't really want to take pitchers that early. And when they're pitching ballparks that you don't like, yeah, when you, you're especially a guy with a thirty-four percent ground ball rate, there are a lot of fly balls mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, hard contact. It was forty-three and a half percent last year. It's really a lot. All his hard contact metrics were under thirtieth percentile last year. Like that right. is a just is a bad combo for Cincinnati. Yeah, it's just so, so you prefer Michael King is what you're saying. I do. Tell me why. Uh, San Diego, first of all, is a pretty good landing spot team wide. Sure. Uh, good landing spot in life. Uh, I worry about durability with him. Uh, obviously, can he go? How many innings can he truly throw? That, that's the downside. Is I only have him for like 120 innings. I, I could. I I know our ATC's got him for 136. He threw 100. Fun. He threw 105 last year as a yeah. hybrid, and then starting obviously started whatever that was. The last uh, he made nine starts down the stretch. I mean, the I the the performance levels I, I buy. Um, I like that he can use four pitches against lefties. I mean, that that's one of the things I really like about that there. Um, it's a question of track record and the fact that he's been kind of bounced between roles. Uh, that's the only thing that kind of is holding me back. What say you? So he made uh, he made eight starts to finish the year last year. One point eighty area of the forty eight to nine K to walk was a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, rehearsal for his uh, starting in twenty twenty four. I like him. I like him more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would have asked me before I looked into guys before I prepped, uh, you know Hunter Green and Michael King, I kind of would have laughed. I'm like, of course Hunter Green is who I'm taking. Um, I'm with you. I think I'm going King. Um, even with the uh, you know more uh, more innings last year and more uh, more starts, strikeout rate was still thirty percent. Walk rate he dropped down to seven and a half percent. Uh, nice ground ball tilt. He's a 43% ground ball guy. Another guy with a lot of strikeouts, a lot of ground balls. Uh, durability is the only thing here. I mean, who knows what his body goes through starting, but he, I like that he started eight games. I think that's enough of a sample last year that he got used to it. He made all those starts. His starts were pretty good. I think he went seven innings in one of those starts. He really against Toronto. Yeah. yeah. He really, he really stretched out all through seven and then six against, uh, oh, six against Toronto. Oh, they're both against Toronto. There you go. The, the, the 13 strikeout game was against Toronto. I remember that one. His one bad start as a starter was against the Royals. And he's like, see, in your face. Um, but <laughs> I I mean, I like, I mean, he, he pitched well against the Astros in that stretch. He pitched well yeah. against the Red Sox in that stretch, uh, against the Brewers in that stretch. And that's, that's not messing around. Yeah, I think what I'd say is I don't know how long he'll make it, but I think he'll be really good while he's out there. And I think that, uh, I think he, I'd probably go, you get 130 to 140 innings at this price. I think it's going to work well because I think it's going to be really good while he's out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
that starting pitchers through 150, at least the interesting guys I want to talk about. Obviously, there's a lot of names in there, but those are the ones that kind of I thought were uh, interesting to talk about. Uh, anybody else in this range you want to talk about? We feel like kind of hit a lot of people and got a long time this way, but anybody else that jumps in your head you want to discuss real quick? No, I don't. Uh, I want to – anything else we can save till next week. Yeah, so we'll have uh, – we'll talk some later guys in drafts in the next couple of weeks. I know that uh, we've kind of hit a lot of guys in the top 150 as you're doing the, the brunt of your draft. We'll talk some uh, some guys after 200 the next couple of weeks. And uh, other than that, uh, we hope everybody has a really good uh, week here. Uh, what is this? End of February, early March. We're getting into baseball season, which is really, really fun. Looking forward to draft talk. Looking uh, – yogurt starts tomorrow, right, Jeff? It does. What spot are you drafting from? Three. I'm drafting five. Zola, I think, has got – an early one too. Also, uh, I, think I did. I forgot to change my KDS. I would have. I probably would have made it so I was on one of the ends because you know how um, well I do in slow drafts. But uh, three is close enough to the end that hopefully one or two uh, we go we are quick there. So hopefully, hopefully it works out. All right. Well, best. Do I go? Uh, do do I go Wit or Julio or Strider? I mean, that's for you, uh, and you and your 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 soul to decide. Yeah. But obviously, one of them will be gone at the second pick. But uh, I, uh, I I'm Julio. I'm probably Julio over Wit if he's there. That I get. That's my order too. I'm drafting five, so it might be. I might be striding. It's I. I, I stride. If I was five and Strider was there, it'd be a pretty quick click for me. That's what DBR did in uh, labor, and then he followed it up with Burns in the second. So it was a very interesting start to his draft. It weirdly felt like Julio was disappointing last year. He had 102 runs, 105 RBIs, and he went 32-37. Yeah, he he really crushed it. Like. <laughs> In August, especially, <laughs> he did. Like, it's just crazy how the talk earlier was like he was, and he was struggling early, but man, he he made up for it big time. He did indeed. All right, well, I uh, will we'll, uh, we'll we'll chat about that. Uh, we'll talk uh, some deeper players next week. Hope everybody has a really good week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for all the, the comments in the chat. Thanks to Fantrax for the sponsorship of the podcast. All praises, and uh, we'll be back at everybody next Sunday night. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.